0: Hi, my name is Joey, and I'm an amateur ghost hunter. And I'm Jimmy, the open-minded paranormal skeptic. And this is Please Don't Follow Me Home. In this podcast, Jimmy and I adventure to haunted places. We also talk about terminology, theories, and beliefs as to why and if ghosts even exist. Join us as we explore the realm of the spirit world as we experience, talk, laugh, and ponder if ghosts walk among us. New episodes drop every Monday.
1: So subscribe to Please Don't Follow Me Home on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. The subject of this two-part series is a cult, and more specifically, its charismatic and narcissistic leader that took what was once supposed to help those that struggle through the battle of substance abuse, and used it to enrich himself, empower himself, and would ultimately lead to kidnappings, beatings, and attempted murder, and doing almost all of it with the approval of, or at least... To the blind eye of not just local government and authorities, but the government and authorities of the United States. Popularizing themselves through the celebrities and junkies of the 60s and 70s through the therapy known as the game, this cult would eventually turn from a discussion group to a nonprofit to a tax exempt church where its members were never allowed to leave, at least not unscathed. And when you take into account that it is the birthplace of the troubled teen therapy industry, the number of lives it has affected could be into the millions. Of course, I'm talking about Charles Diedrich and the cult of Synanon. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm Don Hergan. And this is Torture. All right. So Dan, what have you been up to? We haven't talked in a while.
0: Yeah. um, Not much, be honest. (laughs) Going to see went went to a couple of shows and that's about it really. Other than that, it's yeah work and we're starting to do work in the house and. I hate things like that. So I hate work in the house.
1: I always start shit and then I never finish it because I that's never what, get that's, any help. That, that's, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's been our problem, but the way around usually it's my wife not getting the help. So
1: Oh, okay.
0: I'm the lazy one. So yeah.
1: everything I've ever started in a house it's been like, okay, you, I we're gonna this, this and this and then I do this and this and then nobody helps me with anything else. So it just sits there unfinished for years Ooh. and years. No, we uh we're keeping an eye on our dog right now. Oh, and I don't know if anybody of, of you who listen to Out Outlawing, Dan, I know you're working your way through it. Um, if you look at the show notes, there's a a link to an Instagram account for some for some cats over in Ireland that you can go look at if you want to see what yeah. the inside of Dan's house looks like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but um,
0: very very small parts of it, mind you. <laughs> yeah. I you want to see what my, what my feet and socks look like? It. An awful lot yeah, not because the amount of photos of one of the babies
1: on my feet a lot. So, oh, yeah. they're cuties. Anyway, um, so apparently there's a thing called macadamia nut toxicity in dogs. They are not allowed to have, like, any macadamia nut. And my wife was eating a... Really? Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that dogs cannot have, and macadamia nuts is one of the worst. It's it's worse than chocolate for them. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know So... That. My wife was eating a Cliff Bar. I don't know if you guys have Cliff Bars over there. It's like a... Yeah, yeah. We yeah. do, yeah. Okay. So she was eating the white chocolate macadamia nut one, and it has macadamia mm-hmm. nuts like chopped up real small in it, and she left like a quarter of it sitting on the ottoman, mm-hmm. and he ate it. And it was a few days ago, and it ta- says it takes a few days to kick in, and we thought we were in the clear, and then I came home this morning from work, and there was puke everywhere. It's like, mother nice. fuck. So now we got to keep an eye on him, make sure that he doesn't start getting yo weak. He could have just I yeah, gave him yeah. a bone the other night too. It could have been that coming back up. Who knows? Most of the food was in whole chunks because he just swallows it. Could be that too. Who knows? He's a dog. Ooh. They throw up. True, but yeah, they're stupid. <laughs> they 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 are stupid. But I love him. Yeah. So we that got of cats. We, all do. we got cats and we got a dog. And the dog, the cats are like extra adults in the in the house. And the dog no, is like an is extra, like, child. extra child. Uh, you know Our cats are very adult-like. They're very adult-like.
0: Nope. <laughs> one yeah. of ours is like a toddler that has been given too much sugar. And one of them is like <laughs> we'll a grumpy teenager.
1: So. Uh, we have one that just. that. Okay, so one of them acts like a child. Like a two-year-old. Doesn't want anything to do with you ha- Well, preteen. Doesn't want anything to do with you half the time unless they're horny, and then they they can't get touched enough. <laughs> uh, another one that just is aloof. She doesn't care about anything. And another one that's like a 70-year-old grandma that Ooh. she wants the attention until she gets the attention that she doesn't want the attention anymore. So, yeah, yeah. But the dog is right like here, a seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get into the life of... Charles Dietrich, and we don't know a ton about his life up into his 40s, just the little bits that he kind of gave away. So Charles Edwin Chuck Dietrich was born in Toledo, Ohio, March 22nd, 1913, the eldest child of an alcoholic father from whom he is named, and mother Agnes Kuntz, a former classical A former classical concert singer and piano player. Now, Chuck's father died in a drunk driving accident when Chuck was only four years old. So his mother made him the male head of the house and was supposedly her favorite. His younger brother died of a really bad flu outbreak when Chuck was only eight, and for some reason, he felt guilt and personally responsible for his death, pretty much for the rest of his life. So much so that he made a conscious effort to never bond with children ever again, including his own. This is starting Which to is sound problem- felt like
0: Johnny Cash.
1: <laughs> it's problematic. Kind of, yeah. Except it John- was Johnny Cash's older brother. That died. Yeah,
0: it was his older brother. Yeah, should have been,
1: should have been the other son. Should yeah. have been. I when I think of that, that, that part of Johnny Cash's life, I think you think of the scene in Walk the Line where he dies. But I always think of Walk, Walk Hard, Walk Hard. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> He's split in half. <laughs> He's split. Yeah, he splits it right now with the saw yeah. blade. Yeah. Oh, what a movie? Uh, <laughs> a are you, are you guys? Doing drugs, <laughs> Doing, You don't want to you know don't do drugs. Drugs are amazing, but you don't want to do them. Okay. Get off of that before we just start quoting shit. Anyway, so now when Chuck uh, turns 12, his mother marries another man, who he absolutely despised. Now, there's no real reason that Chuck ever gave for despising him, Except for the fact that it was mostly because of jealousy over losing his quote man of the house status mm-hmm. and the attention that he had gotten from his mother is now apparently being given to the new husband, so he was you know no longer the favorite. Yeah, he was the favorite. He was the, he was the top of the tier, and all of a sudden this new man comes along and he's getting all the the love and attention that he was getting, and completely fucking hates him for it, which. I mean, he's only 12, so I guess we can't hold too much against him. It's kind of how preteens act, you know? Ah, sometimes.
0: Yeah, I've been sometimes in that, not exactly yeah. in that situation, but, like, when I moved in here, I think Connor was about that age. Yeah. Now, obviously, I haven't heard how the stepfather may have been treating him, but, you know. Yeah. as
1: yes, well, when I got with my wife, she, her three, her oldest was seven. When we got together, so, and, and they didn't—they never had a dad. Their dad skipped out on them like right off the bat. Yeah. So, I came along, and it was oh, they had you know it was it was fun. They they didn't have any of the jealousy or anything like that. My kids kind of did though, but not hers. Uh, his mother would try to raise him as a devout Roman Catholic. Quote. I believe literally that I would go to hell if I didn't go to church on Sundays. That's how a lot of people thought. You don't touch yourself. Or, you, know, you have to apologize Harry to God Holmes. after you jerk <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, but when he, was four- when he was 14, he read his step- stepfather's copy of H.G. Wells' The Outline of History and, quote, became a militant atheist almost overnight. Soon after that, from a mix of jealous rage due to his mother's new husband, and Dan, what many of us, many of us atheists, have come to face with the sudden realization of how, of life having very little actual meaning, and that we are all ultimately on our own to face our own problems in this universe. When you find out that there is no overwatching, all powerful God, he began drinking heavily, and getting into various forms of trouble. Again, he's fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a bit ridiculous first. I mean, it's the nineteen twenties, so I guess, you know, people don't really Was it not prohibition then? <laughs> or was that only in certain uh th- parts? I thought it was all statewide around then. Or was it yeah, just before? Yeah, that? yeah, the late twenties through the thirties, all that. Yeah. Uh prohibition was going but that didn't matter. I used to live yeah. in a house uh in another in town with my with my ex and my kids that used to be used to be ran by a woman who had a speakeasy in in the backyard. Nice. Al Capone actually ran the town town I used to live in, Al Capone actually ran Booze Moonshine through that town through a series of tunnels to get it to Chicago. So (laughs) Prohibition didn't really matter all that much. Yeah, I was gonna say, can I imagine if they tried that here? It just it just it just jacked up the violence a lot, pretty much is all it really did. Yeah. Yeah. Ireland going into the prohibition. Holy shit. We talked about the purge on the last episode. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. We're not
0: that bad, really. Like, you know, we're I was actually only saying it to somebody recently. But uh yeah, it's not really as bad as everybody seems to make it out. Like just just countries that are way worse than us, like Australia, for example, have a far worse.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, Amer- America! America is probably worse as far as alcoholics go.
0: Now, quality, no, probably, probably, but you can't handle jack shit like you. Know, you'd be like taking oh, two
1: beers, two,
0: no, two Bud you, Lights. And be like, yeah, oh,
1: because it's drug. it's the it's the old Monty Python joke of uh what does what does American beer and having sex in a canoe have in common? They're both fucking close to water. <laughs> That's true. so that's I don't I don't drink so it doesn't bother me that our alcohol is shit there's you know so I'm fine with it the same Budweiser isn't a beer people it's the it's the the apparently the king of beers in a a country that doesn't have a monarchy
0: (laughs) or have very good
1: beers
0: (laughs) there's actually a brilliant story behind that beer though um it's from like a Czech beer called Budvar from a town called Budvar, which is what it was, or the, the town was called Budweiser or something like that. But, um, apparently whoever made Budweiser visited, tried this beer, wanted to recreate it when they came home, and made an absolute hames of it. And-
1: it was <laughs> uh, it was it was the the uh, Anheuser Bushes, um, actually brought it, came from Germany to St oh. Louis and started brewing it here. You know, I'm 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 in the St. Louis area. Started brewing mm. it in St. Louis and selling it, and people are like, "Oh, this is good because I guess they've never had they never had you know hard yeah <laughs> beer all the, all their oh, I mean <laughs> St. Louis would be, they, St. that was
0: that was St. Louis is like freaking moonshine state for quite a while, wasn't it back? So Missouri,
1: about, Missouri, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh,
0: we can get into a whole thing <laughs> about about that, that, Missouri, the lightest, most horrible beer ever to be produced in the moonshine state and it somehow managed manages to take off.
1: Well because it's so overly abundant. It's yeah, everywhere. Yeah. You yeah, there's no place there's, no place there's no place in America yeah. you can't go get an a, a bush or, or a Bud Light. That's true no, it's supposed nowhere. to have, like yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. It's not the best, yeah. but hey it's there. Yeah yeah. yeah it's cheap. <laughs> Drink it. anyway, yeah. Okay. Creepy guy. <laughs> yeah, so he barely makes it out of high school, somehow gets into Notre Dame, and then flunks out after 18 months due to bad grades and because he was constantly drunk. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he hits the bottle fucking hard. He went to work for the uh, Mellon family of Carnegie Mellon fame, uh, but that didn't last long because, again... Drunk. He, drunk. Uh, he got married... It ended quickly because drunk. Lightweight. Uh, yeah. Then around the age of 29, he had a serious bout of meningitis. Now, luckily for him, penicillin had been invented 12 or 13 years earlier, and they were able to save his life. However, it left him with a droopy eye, a facial tick, and slurred speech. Now, Dan, have you ever had meningitis? No. Okay. I have. It put me in the hospital for a week. I was actually in a coma for a day and a half. It. Okay. I had a. I had a. I had a, a. A stroke with it. It. It was one of the scariest things I ever went through in my life. Some of the worst pain from migraines I ever had in my life. It's terrifying. For those of you who've had it, spent. A week in the hospital recuperating from it. I wasn't allowed to do anything for weeks after that. I had to continually take medication afterwards uh, for like six months after all that. It sucks. Meningitis fucking sucks. And I can't imagine what it was like to go through back when they only had penicillin. Because they they jacked me up on a bunch of shit to make sure that I wasn't going to die. Because I came close. I came very close. They thought I was on uh heroin or something. Where they thought, they thought they thought <laughs> I was just... doing hard drugs because all of a sudden I started, you know, a whole right side of my body went completely numb and laxed. Yeah, I, I couldn't swear. walk, I couldn't talk. Jesus. And Except then I for in Yeah. <laughs> and and the, I I puked everywhere and then uh I passed out and I was out. And they couldn't wake me. Up. The only time I'd wake up, I'd like wake, wake up in spasms. Every few minutes, oh, I broke the uh, the restraints on the CT on the CAT scan machine that they had at the hospital because Maybe I was jerking so off. much. Yeah, that's, 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 and then that's for so
0: long, I broke the restraints, <laughs> and
1: then for the next day and a half, I was in a coma, and they didn't know if I was ever gonna come out of it. So trust me, meningitis fucking sucks. So it left him again with a droopy eye, facial tic, slurred speech. Uh, he would, after this, spend his time drinking and peddling around, puddling around the woods or so, uh, around town, for about the next uh, decade. Until around the age of forty, he decides he's gonna pack up, head to California, go to Santa Monica Beach with the intention of becoming a beach bum. <laughs> <laughs> life goals <gold. laughs> this is literally just him just fucking giving up I'm just going to take all my I'm going to take my alcohol I'm going to go to California and I'm just going to sleep on the beach and, oh, and he does this for a long time just imagine him
0: waking up on a Monday morning just thinking this is what my life is going to be now Just <laughs> getting up getting on that bus
1: yeah <laughs> Well, I know he had a car. He he drove himself out from Ohio, all the way to California, which is a few thousand miles.
0: It's... I can just imagine like the big Lebowski showing up, at the beach. Like, you know, that <laughs> just, just have dude. that image on my head. Like yeah, yeah just the dude showing up, like <laughs> the dressing gown, the whole thing. Yeah, just it's just, just like, the dude yep. showing is like man. I mean, yeah, now I'm home.
1: <laughs> whatever, man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh. He gets out there. He does get a job with uh Hughes Tools. Um he doesn't keep it super long. Uh, he gets married again. And again, that ends because drunk. Drunk. Yep. Yeah. He spends about 3 years on the beach in quote a holocaust of boredom.
0: I'm sorry, hold on a second.
1: <laughs> sorry.
0: So he moves off to live the life of a beach bum. Yep. Manages to somehow find a woman who was more than willing to marry his ass while he said beach bum. Yes. But him drinking is too much for her to stand. So she leaves. Obviously, she takes half her sandcastle.
1: So depending... D- depending on what you read and what you listen to, some had said that he got married after he went to California. Some had said he got married in Ohio and took her with him. Um, it it, it wasn't clear because I saw both, and yeah, I I'm heard just trying to both. figure out what
0: her what her standards are. Though uh, for-
1: <laughs> if if he was already in California and she married him, I think it was probably they knew each other from work. Uh, if. She lived in Ohio and moved out there with him. He probably didn't tell her his plan on just living on Santa Monica Beach. Mm. It's like, oh, there's a nice place we'll, we'll, we'll live at. And then it's sand.
0: <laughs> Great sea views. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, he did get married and it ended again. Uh, And he would spend three years on the beach in in what, again, I said, a holocaust of boredom. His words. He hated being bored. And I don't know what else you do when you're a fucking beach bum other than be bored. It's too fat and old to go surfing. Yeah,
0: too drunk to go surfing.
1: Too drunk to go surfing. (laughs) So he was just a wino stumbling along the ocean breeze with no real friends or family. He had children, but lost contact with all of them. Eventually, he would find himself passed out drunk in the house of a doctor friend who told him, quote, Fatso, if you don't go to Alcoholics Anonymous, you're going to die. So at 43, he walked into an AA meeting and changed the course of his and several others' lives forever. Do they have AA in Ireland? Yeah, Yeah, they do, yeah. Do they?
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't know if that was yeah, yeah same enough. kind of thing.
0: No, it's it's it may not be the exact same thing. I don't know if that's a, a specific body. If you get me, I thought it was just yeah. a thing. I don't know if it's a, a very specific body or group that runs a thing called that. But uh, they have, if not, then the very very similar. Yeah, concept uh, here.
1: Got the twelve steps that you go through, and you you know you My give one hundred
0: percent confirmed because I've never gone to it. So <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, um, alcoholic Anonymous is for quitters.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and why would I want to do that? You know, just listen to this.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you get twelve steps. You you give yourself over to uh, quote a higher power and all that. So, okay, that's no good. I don't have to, ex- to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's good. I don't have to explain AA because I don't really know a whole lot about it either because I've never been. Chuck was a fairly large man, not super super tall, but a large man, pale skin, seemingly untouched by the California sun. A droopy face, raspy voice. Partway through his first meeting, Chuck, he saw all these people up there talking and you know, the type of guy Chuck is, he marched up to the podium and shared with the group. Now, despite his appearance, he was insightful, funny, philosophical most importantly, brutally honest with the others and with himself. People listened, they laughed, they applauded. Chuck was hooked. I mean, and that's and you find out that he's pretty much a sociopath, but that's Ooh. something that they love. They love. Grabbing attention. to people, you know, getting the attention. And, and they're very charismatic because the, they know what to say and how to say it. And that's exactly what he's doing. Quote, I went from one AA meeting to another every night. That's all I did. I was the first one to speak and I'd speak all night unless they stopped me. He quickly became the favorite speaker for many. Many times he would invite others to his flea bag boarding house for, quote, bull sessions to eat soup drink coffee and where he would begin to bully people into giving up the bottle during about huh i was just oh, sorry
0: that might have been my chair making that noise oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. i was also thinking it was very it's it's very like the whole um you know a whole and stuff people tend to do sometimes when they, when they quit stuff the bullying yes tactic yeah
1: getting on that soapbox like, look look I'm doing it, and I know how you should do it, too. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody does something once, and all of a sudden they're a genius at it. Yeah. So during about a paranoia where he would not leave his room, he read Emerson's Self-Reliance, and using it as a Bible, he quit his job to devote full time to cleaning up others, mostly alcoholics. Uh, He existed on $35 unemployment checks and charity from others then in august of 1957 about a year of being sober the university of california were searching for therapeutic uses for this new wonder drug called lsd oh yeah <laughs> now okay. we're getting to the dead <laughs> wheelhouse oh this
0: sort of fun starts yes <laughs>
1: So the researchers who had tried the drug had been amazed by the spiritual vistas it opened to them and the profound changes in outlook it afforded. With this in mind, it was thought that alcoholics, especially those drawn from AA, could receive the greatest therapeutic benefits since they had already given themselves over to a, quote, higher power, and would thus be more open to the benefit- Beneficial Effects of an Outside Force. He needed money, so Chuck volunteered. Now, while other volunteers endure a sensory enhancement and hallucinations, Chuck did not. What he did experience was, quote, feelings of omnipotence and omniscience he had finally found his higher power that he could comfortably accept himself say drugs <laughs> no, no no he Just he sorting. never does the, the LSD in in the in the uh in the trial is the only time chuck as far as we know as far as he's admitted to did drugs but what Ooh. what one but we'll other people yeah, but when other people take LSD, they, you know, hallucinate, they get this out-of-body religious experience, all yeah, this shit. Yeah, they
0: see glowing crosses in stars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stuff like that. Fat mushrooms, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't... He he's Because he's a sociopath and a narcissist, he come, came to realize that there is no higher power. He was the higher power. He started seeing himself... As a god amongst men. Mm -hmm. Which, for a sociopath and a narcissist, not great. He's a cat in human form. There you go. (laughs) Quote, the most important single experience of my entire life. I became a different person. Really and truly. Everything that has happened to me since. Synanon, everything. Dates from that point. So without the LSD experiments, there really is no synanon. It, it, this that kind of pushed him over the edge. <laughs> Sorry,
0: I was going to say there's an awful lot of things you can finish that sentence with. Without <laughs> <Like, laughs> with that LSD, there's <laughs> yeah, there's a big long list of things. Knock knock, CIA. Hello. a well, lot of I things, have... things, we, things we've already discussed. Lots of great, things we're you know. going to end up discuss,
1: discussing. Music, you know, great music, yeah. you know, good you know. uh, and bad music, good and bad. Yeah. yeah. Now soon he began to taper off from AA, when other recovering alcoholics checked up on him, Chuck would engage them in an impromptu meeting, equal parts grad school symposium and combative group therapy sessions. Uh, These get-togethers became thrice-weekly affairs. I mean, he's going from going to AA meetings and doing pretty much nothing to people are going to him, going to find him. Yeah, yeah. For him to be their therapist, really. So one day, now that now, so far these are all just alcoholics, just people from AA.
0: So it's the sort of people though, that realistically they're very. Um, I don't want to say something comes across as insensitive if you get me. Now I'm trying to. They're uh, kind of susceptible to the sort of thing he's kind of dishing out if you get me. Yes. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Ad, you know, if, you're, if you're an addict, you're an addict. And if, if you're removing one addiction, almost all addicts have to fill it with another. And what you're going to come to find out is most of these addicts fill that void of not having that thing that they're addicted to with this new lifestyle. They're, they become addicted to Chuck and what he's selling. Yeah. And that becomes very dangerous for a lot of people. It, not right off the bat, but eventually he takes it to uh, a pretty horrifying level. So one day, a young heroin addict named Whitey Walker, fresh out of prison, joined the group. He began to invite other, as Chuck would continually call them, dope fiends into the mix, mostly heroin. Uh, The language grew coarser, the crosstalk more aggressive, and Chuck loved it. Quote, I knew something, and I wanted to transmit to these people. I had the feeling I could really make people more comfortable. And he would choose to do this by making them profoundly uncomfortable by the invention of the game. Now... A it's sport? just a game just played
0: today. You <laughs> just say the game and then you've lost. It's just, it's it's, exactly. Did you start that yeah. game? <laughs> uh, the no, classic. No, my God, that'd be great. Boredom killer. <laughs> you just lost the game. You know, text all the guys now. You just lost the game.
1: <laughs> you just lost the game. What game? Gotcha. Yeah. So a form of attack therapy. The game consisted of a dozen or so addicts sitting in a circle one player would start talking about the appearance or behavior or, of another, picking out all their defects and criticizing their character. Uh, but as soon as the subject of the attack tried to defend himself or herself, the other players would join in the barrage, unleashing a no-holds-barred verbal onslaught. Vulgarity was encouraged, quote, Talk dirty and live clean. And so the other members would accuse the defendant of real and imagined crimes, being selfish, unthinking, no good, ugly, diseased cocksucker who was too weak to go straight and was too much of an asshole, junkie, crybaby motherfucker to admit it. And that is a quote from one of the uh, participants. Spit the mouthful. (laughs) Yes. Faced with this unrelenting group <laughs> assault, the recipient would eventually have to choose, but would eventually have little choice but to admit their wrongdoing and promise to mend their ways. So you you would literally, verbally, beat these people down until they the had, they can do nothing else but to say, you're all right, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to change. I
0: take the I'm rubber, you are glue stance on everything. (laughs) So that
1: would be my view the whole time. Bring it on. (laughs) Then, when that was done, they'd turn to the next person in line and do it all over again. And this would happen to each person in the group. Uh, Some of the former players uh, said, quote, the first time it hits you, it absolutely destroys you. No matter how loud you scream, they scream louder. No matter how long you talk, when you run out of breath, they're there to start raving again at you and laughing. Emotional catharsis was the aim. It was vicious, but it actually seemed to work. Chuck said, quote, one cannot get up until he's knocked down, which is actually kind of profound when you think about it. Yeah, but, you know... <laughs> like beat them down That's yeah
0: it it's like so try, you walk out and hack somebody's leg off and be
1: like yeah. beat them down, physically beaten down to the ground and then, yeah get back up motherfucker i'll make well, you stronger so here's the rule though with the and it's it's real the only there's two rules no alcohol or drugs were allowed mm-hmm. no violence no speaking oh, of just, violence just the emotional no violence. acts of violence just emotional scream at somebody and tell them how horrible they are but yeah. if you tell them i'm going to punch you in the face that was it you were done you were not allowed to speak of any violence because they wanted you they wanted you to be afraid of the things that were going to be said to you but they didn't want you to be afraid of actually getting physically assaulted because yeah. that that will push somebody to a different level of okay i'll do whatever you say and then never come back except the emotional side more than likely they'll still come back. Guessing yeah, think, yeah he
0: it breaks breaks the whole thing. Yeah, I he's hearing before yeah, about breaking people' emotion. He ends up causing them to be more kind of compliant or
1: yeah, whatever. This yeah. motherfucker is he. He really is almost a genius when it comes to this type of stuff. Again, sociopath, narcissist. That's what they do, but he really is. I mean, he knows what he's doing for for some of it. Yeah, yeah, not all of it. Trust not all of it, but for some of it. So, as happens, tension between the AA members and the dope fiends started reaching a climax. The Alkies didn't want the Druggies coming around and dirtying up their meetings. So Chuck decided that the alcoholics had enough resources to get clean. They did. A lot of resources for alcoholics to get clean. Uh, the drug... The, Druggies, or as he, again, as he continues and will continue to call them the dope fiends, they didn't. This was the the 50s. They didn't have any way of really getting clean. It just wasn't something anybody. Yeah. So he kicked out all the AA rejects and focused solely on drug addicts. No more alcoholics just drug addicts.
0: So he gets rid of the foundations upon which his entire organization has been built so far.
1: Oh, it but power is what matters. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and it, it it seems like it's easier to control somebody on drugs than it is to control somebody who drinks.
0: Yeah, no carrot stick.
1: Yeah, it's a much harder addiction. At least it seems so. So one of his attic, one of the addicts slurred the words seminar and symposium together. Chuck added uh, anonymous into it, and the project was now called Synanon.
0: All right, I was expecting a really weirder word than that. It, it, <laughs> it, yeah, it was
1: a, a seminar and symposium. He got him as he's a he and then he, and then he <laughs> added. Anon on the bottom on Simenos- the Simenos- for Anon. anonymous, So it's, it's the stupidest fucking word ever. you think Yes, that's I've been saying that for the past two it's, yeah, it's, like, it's like a three-year-old trying <laughs> to ask for cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> <Synonym-in-in-in-in-in-in>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it was also around this time that Chuck so, first. So these are
0: the guys, sorry, who invented that thing when I'm on Microsoft Word and I'm trying to think of another thing, is right click on it and then so oh yeah, and you want it and
1: you need a and you need a synonym? Yeah, I need a synonym. <laughs> need a synonym. Yeah. Don't click on the syn- synonym because it's no, no. a cult. Chuckle, yeah, Chuck getcha. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> so it was around this time that Chuck first coined the very famous phrase and our hint. Now, this was what he would say to people when they first were welcomed into Synanon. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Is that where that quote from? That's where that comes from. Chuck yeah. himself coined that. Ah, he's uh. he's very charismatic. Again, he he can come up with say those, that no one liner. <laughs> 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 I don't think I ever have said it, but because technically every day is the first day of the rest of your life.
0: No, yeah, but you know, it's, there's a reason nobody says the world words final and solution together in a sentence anymore. You know, and yeah, people repeatedly say that. So,
1: yeah. So, soon the number of people wanting to join Chuck's after-hour sessions grew too big for his living quarters. Uh, Chuck oh, scraped I together. You... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, at, at, this time, at, at this time, he was living in just like a little flea bag. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, apartment. Yeah, that on his on on a fucking uh I think he was living out of a uh uh a roll up bed. Uh um, Oh fuck, I can't think of the name of it. Anyway. shithole no, yeah. yeah, I could I can just imagine yeah.
0: like yeah, there's had this mental picture of him sitting on the beach like ten or dudes. they <laughs> like, the beach is too small, man. We
1: dudes. need more room. We don't have enough room on this yeah. beach. <laughs> Boating. well they would all have a california accent he would he would have a midwestern accent because he's from ohio no well, i don't know how to do that accent
0: i don't know how to do the california one either except for when i'm doing my impersonations of um
1: oh, oh your beach, yeah, beach accent. So,
0: <laughs> if i watch a comment uh oh why did it just escape my mind I absolutely love that film the keanu reeves one. Oh, point break point break that's the one yeah i need yeah. to watch that
1: Another Keanu Reeves movie. Sort your fucking life out. Yeah, that's <laughs> right.
0: True. That's very true. So,
1: man. so anyway, soon the number of people wanting to join Chuck's after-hour sessions grew too big for the living quarters. Chuck scraped together some cash and rented an old store in Venice, on whose front he painted the letters T L C, which were short for tender loving care. The music group. He. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and also underneath <sighs> said no scrubs. Yep. No, no drugs, up, no violence, no scrubs. Uh, he would provide couches for people to crash on as they kicked heroin and would come to believe that addicts weren't fully fledged adults and shouldn't be treated as adults. The younger addicts took to calling him dad.
0: That's just creepy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially if he if probably. Insisted upon it. Oh, I and am it, sure he insisted yeah. his idea.
1: It you know, just called me Dan. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they would shower with the hose hanging from a window. <laughs> they shower with, a, with numerous <laughs> hose. Just one just, just, like, yeah, just just hose said. hanging oh, out of a window. Oh, that's, oh, shower. Okay, that's, oh, they'd shower that. with a bunch of hose. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought you said. Actually, for the first. <laughs> but <laughs> they probably but then. But then they would beg, beg local shops and prostitutes uh, oh, for go. food and money. <laughs> so there's your house. <laughs> and they do this to get by. Oh, and get by they did. On the wall was a, uh, a ship lifesaver called the U.S. Hang Tough. And Chuck pulled on everyone to stay, promising that a great future would emerge. When members kicked and their shakes disappeared, Many were told their problems were still that they love their mothers and were given suggested mates for holding power. So, yeah, again, pretty typical for a cult. Well, you're not completely healed. You still have mommy issues. Yeah. Here, go hang out with this person and you two buddy up. And they can be like your, uh, your sponsor, I suppose. But don't leave. So uh, addicts, behaviors, and past lives were attacked viciously in the game, still, even after they kicked everything. Members were told their lives depended on staying. Contact with family was prohibited. Again, uh, it's in the cult textbook. Yeah. And there was a system of rewards and punishments started were applied. Again, if you were to write a cult textbook, if you were to write How to start a cult. All this stuff would be in there. Uh, Publicly, one was berated or given a haircut, as he liked to call it, for misdeeds or bringing in contraband, and this was designed to be a warning to those watching. Chuck later acknowledged that this was brainwashing, so it's good that he knew what he was doing. It's awfully nice of him to admit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it was for their own good. He said that freedom to think to a dope fiend was like a gun to a baby. And they washed dirty brains. So, brainwashing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean... Oh, God. He, the guy's full of it. Yeah, so he's fucking full of it. And he's, just he's not that. even close to done.
0: I, I love the the justification of it there like it's yeah
1: yes the uh the whole acknowledging uh, the whole comparing a dope fiend able to think to a baby with a gun is, I amazing. Mean. So Chuck started preaching act as if, which meant don't try to reason what Sinanon asks you to do, thinking got you there in the first place. Just trust what you were told and act as if it's right. <laughs> So it doesn't matter oh, what we're doing. doesn't matter. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: so he is and, t- treating them as though they're children.
1: Yes. That, uh-huh. yeah. he, he, that's how he sees them. It doesn't matter how <sighs> they old they are. He doesn't see them as full-fledged. Even even, when it comes, he doesn't even see them as full-fledged human beings. they okay, less than. just thinking about yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 1958, the group incorporated as a non-profit. Convinced that his creation was an innovation on par with the alphabet, Chuck predicted that it would be as famous as Coca-Cola. Now, my parents lived back then, and I asked them if either one of them heard of it, and they both told me no. So apparently it doesn't <laughs> become that famous. But have they heard of Coca-Cola? Fine, like uh We're a Pepsi family. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> so he might have been right in that
1: case. Maybe. So uh, the city, Venice didn't see it that way and in 1962 its inspectors declared the building wasn't up to code and had it bulldozed so chuck moved his flock of about 65 or so members to an old national guard armory building on the beach in santa monica which drew the ire of the neighbors fearing synod would unleash non-recovered addicts into Santa Monica, whom came from other areas. Uh-huh. So 10 days after moving, Chuck and three others were arrested for treating drug addicts without a license and operating a hospital in a residential zone. He would spend 25 days in jail rather than move the program somewhere else, and for this, he was seen as a hero. A public hero and Governor Edmund Brown Sr. signed a Save Synonon bill, giving Synonon an exemption from health licensing laws. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the worst fucking thing they can do. <sighs> Synonon was now allowed to have members kick the addiction cold turkey. Without drugs or medication. Now, a medical board was supposed to establish rules for Synanon, but never did. So, pretty much giving them carte blanche Freeway. to do whatever yeah. the fuck they wanted with these heroin addicts. The Like I said, the imprisonment made Chuck almost like a martyr. And monetary donations started flocking in from the rich and from Hollywood. Guys like Robert Wagner, Ben Gazzara, and this one kind of hurts, Leonard Nimoy. Really? Would come to on wow. and play the game with ex-addicts and ex-hookers. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood elite at the time would go to Santa Monica Specifically to play the game, and they would, anyway. and they they gave them so much fucking money to do it too. It, mm. it we'll get to that in a minute. It's Just ridiculous.
0: a Bunch of people sitting around shouting, "Spock is
1: shit." <laughs> Fuck Spock in your pointy yeah. ears. <laughs> fucking nerve pinch this asshole. So, Life Magazine did a fourteen-page photo spread with a congressman. Calling Cinnanon the miracle on the beach. Columbia Picture, I'm sorry to get into your pulp culture references here, but <laughs> Columbia Pictures made a movie with Eartha Kit called Cinnanon. <laughs> I've yes. never seen
0: this. Story. I get just just for clarification before we continue, I didn't look up any of the stuff for this because no, we said yeah, I was, to keep yeah. all this is a surprise for me this time around. I didn't have a clue what <laughs> any of this was. But I like, yeah. I just imagine like the low... <laughs> Local mayor, like kind of or whatever the hell he was. Like support your local
1: cult basically is what he's doing. <laughs> Vote for me. Support he was, local cult. He was a congress. Well at this time they don't see it as a cult. As of right now, they just see it as a health movement. He's seen as a guru. <sighs> right. And he trust me, it it takes a while before people start putting two and two together to realize that yo oh, yeah, you're in a fucking cult.
0: So like Klaus and Umbrella Academy.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, do I write Except didn't have
0: any bad intentions. It's just. You know, but that's what it a, was. Yeah, yeah.
1: The Los Angeles Times ran a two part feature on the group. Uh, the Los Angeles Mirror published a four part series. There was a glowing write up in Time magazine, which repeated Chuck's dubious claim that. 80% of addicts treated by Synanon stayed clean, which was obviously a lie. Uh, reporters love Chuck because he proved eminently quotable, which we've seen already. Y- y- line after line. Yeah, he's
0: very charismatic.
1: I was going to say, like, it, be- like,
0: if look if it looks like a cult, if it smells like a cult, if it tastes like a cult, it's probably a cult.
1: It's a duck.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah and... <laughs> God, how does how are people so blind? Sometimes it's just uh, there's
1: millions of people in religions that I I call cults uh, and they they still I don't know I know but like the more we
0: things that we kind of talk about on this and the more stuff we look at the more I kind of realize how
1: stupid humanity can be when yeah, it comes yeah. To an awful lot of stuff <laughs> if if there's two things humanity can be it's cruel and stupid at the same yeah. time yeah. yeah so he was quoted in the New York Times saying. Crime is stupid, delinquency is stupid, and the use of narcotics is stupid. What Synanon is dealing with is an addiction to stupidity.
0: <laughs> the irony, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now, with its ah. sudden fame in early, in early 1964, Cinnanon had also become an alternative community, attracting people with its emphasis on living a self-examined life as aided by the game. <laughs> Triple A. So by... So by now, <laughs> by now he starts to have these big Saturday evening parties. No, no alcohol, no drugs, but people from all over are invited. Anybody can come; it doesn't matter. Don't bring any contraband, but anybody in the world can come if you want. And they start bringing in tons of people, people with fucking money. Money, yeah, uh, yes. So by now, Sinanon had a routine. A new member would quit cold turkey, and were then slowly ushered into the building's life. Uh, hard physical labor, constant mutual support, and the game played three times a week. Coffee, peanut butter sandwiches, and cigarettes were always available. You know, the three things that you need. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. that's That, that uh, used to be just my Saturday mornings. <laughs>
0: Until I quit smoking, though, it's just not today.
1: Coffee... Much. But, yeah. <laughs> there were classes in public speaking, art, drama, and music to keep the members entertained. Leonard Nimoy actually taught an acting class. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was a there was a huge jazz band that came and actually recorded a record called I think I believe it was called the Songs of Cynanon or something. Okay. They recorded an entire jazz record. <sighs> No um, wonder you didn't
0: want me to look up anything to do this. Of pop <laughs> culture like, no, no, you can't read it because he's going to find out all of this.
1: So as long as people worked, uh, washed dishes, wax floors, iron laundry, painting walls, picking up food donations, they never had to leave. Right. Equally revolutionary was the interracial nature of the place, with Chuck leading the way through his marriage to Betty, a former heroin addict and prostitute, who was African-American. Now, in the mid-60s, this is a pretty big deal. This isn't something you see in middle America at all. Whites stay with the whites and blacks stay with the blacks. That's kind of the way it was. Chuck didn't see it that way. He's like, ah, mingle everybody together. Who gives a fuck? This is kind of Chuck still at his hippie, no drugs, but hippie time. It won't stay that way for long. Don't worry. But perhaps Synanon's greatest innovation was realizing that addicts knew more about addiction than the medical specialists. The dope fiend, as, again, Chuck insisted to call them, was painfully familiar with the tactics of denial and evasion that their colleagues used. What's more, they shared the same language. There was no we-they in Synanon. There, if you spoke about Caps and Bennies, terp and horse, everyone knew what you were talking about. What? I don't even know what, what? the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> but they knew what you were talking about. It was old heroin slang in the 60s.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't got a clue about that.
1: <laughs> and the thing about Chuck is he knew exactly who he was. And he didn't have a problem admitting admitting it either. He was never coy about his role. Quote, I am considered a megalomaniac nut. Of course, this is true. But I'm not so crazy. So he knew. Completely he knew self-aware. Yeah, he knew. But yeah, whatever. He freely admitted to popu- populating Synanon's board of directors with recovering addicts who he could control. Now Chuck predicted that within three to five years at Synanon, a dope fiend would be ready to graduate back to the outside world. With all these donations, with everything coming in, with all this new wealth, they started to build their first city wow. in Marin County by Tamales Bay, just north of San Francisco. I was waiting for the word compound there. <laughs> <laughs> that comes into play later. Yeah, uh, yeah. Episode two, we'll see uh, some compounds. Yeah. Uh, some compounds, some weapons, all that good shit. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Professionals... Even professionals without drug addictions flocked to join. But if they didn't have an addiction, they had to bring something else. So they could join if they transferred their assets to the organization. Now, these weren't like gas, well, I'm going to say gas station attendance because we're going to get into the gas stations later. Uh, these weren't like construction laborers who had, you know, who were making like, a dollar an hour we're talking doctors lawyers police officers judges i mean people in like power certain people with a
0: religion and yeah that also begins with an s that seems to attract an awful lot of people of power wealth and fame
1: More i'll mention like them
0: the in a few minutes boy, <laughs> as well
1: yeah, yeah. i won't mention them in a few minutes but these people so you have the dope fiends these people who weren't dope fiends that came in, they were known as the squares. (laughs) Squares. (laughs) So a few years later, by 1967, Chuck decides that the program, it's not a success. And he ends the concept of graduation. He sees it that without continued peer pressure, most addicts revert back to drugs after leaving. So, as full recovery for graduates was not happening sufficiently, Chuck proclaimed no one would graduate, remain forever, and they could build a utopia, a utopian world designed by Chuck. And this would be known as Synonon 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> so it, like, <laughs> like, it sounds like
0: some sort of really weird sci fi. Like it's,
1: it sounds like the yeah. other, the other r- culty religion that yeah. starts with as S. too. Synanon developed a business that sold promotional items and it would eventually generate. Now, remember, when Chuck started, he was on a beach making $35 every week in unemployment. They now generated $10 million a year in Revenue from gas stations that they owned, pottery making that they sold, apartment buildings that they owned, and other income businesses without having to pay workers or taxes because they were seen as a nonprofit. Let's start cold. <laughs> I'm just saying it now. <laughs>
0: cold on record. Let's do that.
1: My God. So with the uh, with the massive amount of donations and assets transferred... Chuck was able to start buying up land and more land in California, uh, Reno, Detroit, New York, and Puerto Rico. And he bought the Club Casa del Mar, a large beachside hotel in Santa Monica, which they would use as their center and dormitory for drug treatment and business operations. They tried pressing old club members into leaving, which led to complaints to the city. Now, the city took action. Which again helped push Cinnanon into an even more powerful position. The city of Santa Monica claimed that it owned the beachfront. Rather than taking the matter to court, they decide to send the cops and bulldozers to start destroying cabanas and paved courts. So instead of saying, No, 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 you can't you don't own this area. The city owns this area. You can't yeah. force people out. We're gonna take you to court and sue you and get you. You know, taking off the land. Yeah. Instead, they say they just say, "Oh, send the cops and the bulldozers and just attack them." Chuck went to the airwaves, television, the press, had as a self a little press conference, and told them he was gonna sue everybody. And because the city had been in the wrong, they waved the white flag and surrendered, thus making Cinnanon pretty much untouchable. Like, oh, you were wrong about sitting on already. There's nothing yeah, you can yeah. do now. They just don't did
0: anything after that.
1: Yeah, thing. you yeah. fucked up. Hashtag vote for so,
0: local. We're supporting <laughs> their local cult, even yet again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they no longer obeyed zoning laws, and the donations again picked up. Uh, just like Scientology in Clearwater, Florida, they were soon the largest landowner. In Santa Monica. He went from living on the beach to yeah. owning more land than anybody else. This helped lead to the purchase of an industrial building in Oakland for members and outsiders to join in the game. And a block-long building in San Francisco being donated to them by the state. Did you buy okay. it? The, st- the state of California gave them a block-long building in San Francisco. One of the most expensive places to live in the fucking world. They just gave him a building. Sometimes the things
0: we discuss on this make me a little bit angry.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like, my God. Yeah. Okay, So, so now things start getting strict, and the whole system was going to start to change. When people would step out of line and receive their, you know, haircut, it was no longer metaphorical. The men would have their heads shaved completely bald, and the women would be forced to wear stocking caps. Now, the story of how people began being shaved clean has a few different origin stories depending on where you read it. The one I've seen a few times was He was inspecting a building uh, they were working on one day, and he was walking through the basement of this building, and he hit his head on a low-hanging beam. He flew into a fucking rage, screaming, cursing, and asked, who put the beam there that low? A worker stood up and said it was him, and Chuck told the others to give him a haircut, meaning they should dress him down, meaning they should, you know, just yell at him. The worker himself decided that in a show of remorse for his actions, he should have a real haircut, and he shaved his head completely bald. Some of the other workers saw this and decided to do the same since they were all working in the building at the time. So the rest of the workers also shaved their heads. Chuck loved it, as he also had a shaved head, and he ordered all of the men to shave their heads. Stand in solidarity with the men. Some of the women also shaved, including his wife, Betty. He loved this also. So, everyone, man, woman, and child were to be shaved bald. Not crew cut, bald. Like me bald. Like, <laughs> like you bald. All of it
0: gone. In solidarity with their new daddy. Yep, yes, pretty much. Daddy.
1: You'll, you'll, You'll see this often. Whenever Chuck decides something's good for him, it's good for everybody else. Mm. And that's going to become problematic later. Chuck also began with family separation. Again, cult fucking textbook. He would take babies from their parents to be raised in a, quote, hatchery. <laughs> what? <Mother's- laughs> that's yes. what they called it. And that's what it was called. It was called the hatchery. <laughs> Oh dear lord! <laughs> mothers who wanted to see their kids too much were called head suckers. Uh, the mothers and fathers that came to Sinanon without their children were given a chance to get them back through the use of the kid snatchers, a group of members that would go to the homes or schools of children and take them, bring them to Sinanon, bring them to the Sinanon base to be reunited, to be reunited with their parent albeit for a very short time, before they were shave bald, put in a pair of denim overalls, and sent with the other kids.
0: That sounds like a really, like, you know, a really bad, like, Roald Dahl, like, bad guy <laughs> group, or like, or, yeah. some, or, like, again, bringing us back to Dungeons, Dungeons & Dragons, as we always say, it was like a really bad yeah. D&D villain
1: group, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> the kid snatchers. You think, well, there's no way They could just take kids. But Chuck had so much sway in the local scene, and many of the people in power, including politicians, police officers, participated in the game or spent time at Synodon camps. And the fact that the camps were getting more dangerous for outsiders, Uh little was ever done to get these children back. Very little. For a while. Children were reared communally in Sinanon School by random adults called demonstrators that were assigned to watch over them. We'll get to more of children of Sinanon on the next episode because there's some other stuff that comes up that is, let's just say the whole non-violence thing that Chuck got going on. Yeah, it will. It will end, and it oh, will end right. for everyone. All right, but well, so far it
0: sounds like government mandated kidnapping at this stage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> CQ, so far, it, was. it, it uh, oh, and and it's going to be more government mandated, also. <sighs> but actually, actual government mandate, Ooh. like the government will actually do it. So he began outright forbidding residents to leave the buildings and heightened his demonstration of those that tried to quit the group, calling them splittees And just like Scientology, anyone that left Synanon was an Enemy to Synonon. He also disallowed contact with outsiders. One was to participate only in Synonon. Synonon's goal was to lead the world into the 21st century and quote, anything less than changing the world is Mickey Mouse. <laughs> which I think Mickey Mouse did kind of change the world. So that. Uh, yeah,
0: but you know the context in which he. Knows. I know what he's
1: saying. Yeah.
0: But yeah. Yeah. Like, it look, again, gold. <laughs> so his previous life goal was I want to live on a beach now his life goal has turned into take over the world he's like pinky and the brain yeah he's like pinky and the brain rolled into one person like yeah you're thinking what I'm thinking
1: <laughs> it wants to be the ultimate beach bum just the whole world's his beach and he bums wherever the fuck he wants so here, here and here this is fucking ridiculous back in the early days of Synanon sex was pretty rampant you know it was kind of the hippie culture without the drugs and alcohol it was kind of free to do whatever you wanted Yeah. But now, members had to ask an elder for permission to date, and were forced to follow a strict and celibate courting ritual.
0: Sounds like Catholicism.
1: Kind of. Sounds like a lot of religion. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Glute raids were almost routinely run on residents' rooms to confiscate excessive personal possessions, so you can't even have that much stuff for yourself. And Chuck would start instigating new rules for seemingly no reason, like the 24-hour day where half of the members would work during the day, the other half would work during the night. And a new police force was set up to patrol the streets, looking for members breaking the rules. Did they also have a cool name?
0: The Kitty uh, Kidnapper guys? the.
1: Well, they we have the kid snatchers. So we'll get to um, the the military group uh, that he develops. Him and Betty develop um, the next episode.
0: I assumed it might be like Synanon PD or something like that. No,
1: no, it's it's actually a fairly cool name, but it'll act. Uh, um, they actually have their own form of martial arts that they coined. <laughs> right. Which when I tell you the, well, I'll, I'll wait till the next episode. But when I tell you the name of it, you're gonna die of laughter because it's again, along with Synanon, the stupidest name ever. Anyway, Chuck experimented with environmental manipulation so as to recreate the heightened awareness and inner discoveries he experienced while taking LSD. I mean, you could just give him LSD, but yeah, no drugs to recruit needed non-addict. Club members, Chuck created The Trip, which was a combination of group psychotherapy, coercive persuasion, mysticism, and old-fashioned spiritual revival. Now Chuck designed an efficient program of individual emotional breakdowns followed by a mass group euphoria, all designed to re-educate individuals into the Synanon Two philosophy and lifestyle and that's where we'll pick up with a detailed description of the trip Chuck's ever-growing paranoia, the children of Cinnanon, the wire, and one of the strangest attempted murder cases you will ever hear on episode 2 of the cult of Cinnanon. Cinnanon Jitsu. That's my guess though. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're close. You're actually pretty close. <laughs> I'm gonna make you wait for it. Wanna, uh, but you're actually you're you're closer than you think you are. It's it's not it's a different form of martial arts. But you're you're oh you're you're all oh, you're hmm. almost there. Seminatti. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna keep
0: coming up with really ridiculous ideas for. I'm gonna. S-
1: I doubt you'll I doubt you'll land on it because you're close, but it it's it's different. But when I tell you, you're gonna be like, "Of course, that's what it is." Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiots. <laughs> so uh, before we before we finish everything out and all uh, the stuff that we never do, I want to thank uh, Joey and Jimmy from the Please Don't Follow Me Home podcast for starting off the show. Um, if you if you're a skeptic of ghosts or you believe in ghosts, either way, uh, this is a good show for you to go listen to. Um, they're a lot of fun. They do a good job. Dan, do you believe in ghosts? I was about to ask you the not same question. The, not the horrible band that we talked about last time. <laughs> I like the that. Actual ghost. <laughs> Um <laughs> uh,
0: No, not really. No. No. Yeah. Me I don't, yeah. No. I, I, I get why people would, if you get me, like you know, do some strange yeah. things that tends to happen <coughs> in science. Um, but uh, <laughs> I I know, I I, 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 I get it. I, and I like an awful lot of the, like stories like the this country is actually ripe with lots of oh, our yeah. own
1: like, Yeah.
0: Weird ghost story stuff, you know.
1: Well, that whole part of the world is just filled with that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do we have ghost this, story one particular one. Because, because one. it's it's fucking ancient. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I
0: know, we have one that so, wasn't that old, like that was I must look up and have a chat about it sometime just for the fun of it, where it was like this weird creature that's supposed to have um, killed a load of soldiers and all this when chances are it was just uh irish man who wanted to kill a bunch of british men but um but apparently was <laughs> I mean, seen as a monster and all this, there's a, this whole legend about it roaming
1: dublin yeah back
0: in like the 1800s or something like that But uh.
1: well i would say so if it's an irishman trying to kill a bunch of englishmen i imagine he's probably a hero in ireland and then the monster he's he's considered a monster in england
0: Probably, yeah, well, it, it's, I can't remember what it's called now, but again, remind me about it later, and I'll look it up, because I, I read the story, okay. and I thought it was fascinating. That's, was uh, that's
1: funny. Well, we gotta get a, a little, a little spooky talk here, because this is, you know, our Halloween episode. Oh, okay. yeah, actually, one of, speaking it's of, it's, one, yeah, of the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's on, one of the reasons we've got, uh, yeah, the ghosts uh, uh doing, the, the ghost show, doing our promo, uh, doing a promo. Let's check that out. Because, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, go go check it out. I I, I I don't believe in ghosts. I like watching ghost movies and ghost shows because I think they're fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's still creepy. Horror my favorite genre of everything. Yeah, really, it's still you know. creepy, but mm. I don't believe in any of it. It's like, you know, oh, I believe in ghosts because Zach Bagans told me that, you know, in Ghost Adventures, this happens. It's like, yeah, that was a production <laughs> assistant that you couldn't, that was a production <laughs> assistant you couldn't see that was just off camera that making that <laughs> noise. But yeah, okay, yeah. whatever. Wait, did you watch any I of those, s-
0: uh, the Netflix ones, like the, was it The Haunted or Blind Manor?
1: Yes, really I does. watched. I watched um, the haunted, the the how the haunting of Hill House, yeah. which I I really loved. That's the first one. Um, it? Was it the first yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, that
0: was really yeah, that one. was the first one.
1: And then Blythe Manor, yeah, I got all the way through that one too. That that was had as a, far as I'm worried, they're,
0: they're making another show just coming out. Oh really? Scene.
1: Yeah. With with the same cast,
0: uh, some of the same cast. I don't think it's all yeah. of them, but it's the same. Yeah, it's probably gonna yeah. be the usual suspects in it, but um. Yeah, but yeah, yeah you're, you're doing that Halloween movie, 31 Movies of Halloween thing.
1: I am. Yeah. I, I fell a little behind because I uh, had uh, birthday party stuff to do this weekend. Um, As we're recording this, I, I'm one day behind. I'd watched mostly Ghostly last night. I watched a movie called Ghosts of War. But that's and the. It was. I on net, on yeah, Netflix. Netflix.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Film. Yeah.
1: It's pretty. It's, it's, it's all it's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't it, think it was. I the hated the ending. I make I sure now that this is definitely
0: the movie end. I'm thinking of. Give me a second now.
1: But the the the, the ghost parts were. Uh,
0: I am nearly ninety percent sure I've seen that. Yeah, that's that's all right. A, yeah, World War uh, uh, Two.
1: Michael it? Myers Day. I watched Halloween Ends. Uh, like I said, it was it was uh, it was okay. Good kills, stories all over the fucking place, though.
0: Yeah, we watched. Um, was it Halloween Kills? Not last night. The night before, and yeah, I, I'm a Huge Michael Myers fan, and yeah, um, they I, I thought it was kind of weird the way initially when oh, I'm trying to think of what stuff to say without ruining anything, but like it's, it's kind of like the first you one haven't of the seen uh, remake, it's been
1: out for like two years, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 but yeah. <laughs> well, like, it, haven't it, seen so it, the first
0: reboot of it, like, dude, the way it's they laid it out as if it's like a sequel they ignored most of the other films yeah I'm they more everything
1: know. else except for the first one yeah yeah but
0: they made it out as if they ignored everything after the second one initially you know but then yeah. this one here then it's like they made out as if they ignored everything but the first one <laughs> because I had yeah. the whole thing of straight after he gets shot and falls out the window and everything which is fine you know but um yeah the bit of an uh, some of the stuff in it was a bit needless <laughs> you know like yeah the, but uh other other than that, like I mean I liked it but I you're was... going to
1: think that about you're going to think that about Halloween ends too you're going to be like why what like a whole story arc in it I don't want to give anything away yeah. but there's a whole story arc in the movie where like this is unneeded mm. Yeah like, at least that's I mean, how I felt yeah. other people might watch it and be like "Oh that was great" but I mean it it was you know it was better than most of the offshoot Halloween movies but it was still you know it was all right. Good kills, really good. The kills in it were good. The like Kills in it were very good. Classic season of the witch. Mmm. Yeah, <laughs> what an
0: absolutely fantastic film. <laughs>
1: yeah, isn't that the one? Isn't that the, the supernatural it's one? It's the one that has that nothing was... to
0: do with Michael Myers at all. Like it, yeah, it's it not all Michael it, Myers, yeah. yeah. They, they were trying to make initially they were trying to make it like this kind of franchise that didn't necessarily have anything to do with him. It was if after the second movie he actually died, and then they're going yeah. off to do other movies like. Um, that had nothing to do with him, but they bombed so much. They're like, no. oh, better bring him back.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're well, going to make a Halloween movie. You probably want to put Michael Myers in it. He's kind of the big thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. exactly. But I always thought that was kind of funny. Way at least they that. never,
1: hey, at least they never pulled a leprechaun or a Jason and put him in space. <laughs> not yet. They Michael Myers in space. <laughs> he just float there. <laughs> <laughs> He's not aggressive enough. He just float there.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they'll, they'll do that soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. I
1: think tonight. I think tonight on uh on that list is ho- Italian horror. So I need to find some Italian. Oh,
0: uh, like um, is Cannibal Holocaust Italian? There's there's a few. I, I know. I, I, I saw a couple of things when you when you sent me the list originally. I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I know a couple of good Italian horror films. Yeah. And I looked it up and almost looked it up again.
1: Yeah, I'll need to look look those up and see what I can find. Anyway, all credits uh, for our reference material can be found in our show notes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at TorturePod. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, uh, our email, TorturePod at gmail.com. Um, we have a Buy Me a Coffee site now. So if you go to BuyMeACoffee.com slash TorturePod, uh, if you want to donate to the show so we can, you know, uh, get better equipment, better uh, software, better coffee. Keep the better coffee, keep the proverbial red light on, which is still on, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, we can be able to buy the on air sign? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we can get me a, a on air sign so Dan can look at it and go, "You're good." Yeah. Uh, also, we started uh, the YouTube channel, so YouTube.com/slash torturepod. Search for torturepod. Uh, it, it, all the episodes. Podcast episodes come out every other Sunday night. The YouTube episodes probably won't be there till Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, something like that. It takes a little bit longer for those, but they are up. They're nothing super special. It's like it's not me and Dan. Can't see uh, our pretty faces. Yeah, not yet. Or my anyway. like cat's
0: bum when he jumps up every now and again. <laughs> yeah, exactly on, on top of your head. <laughs>
1: uh, but you know, it's it's if you like watch, you know, watching something while you're listening to your podcast, or you like youtube for podcast it's uh you know we we have all the episodes so far up there you can go find them and we'll continue to have those for the foreseeable future um we you can donate to us you'll leave us a tip if you go to our Linktree account our Linktree login or not login our link tree link on our socials uh there's a place on there that says leave a tip so if you want to donate there and show your appreciation for the show we would Love to ex- we would love to accept that.
0: I'm going to uh, start an only Dan's account,
1: <laughs> only Dan's so as, account. Uh,
0: if people want to send me money,
1: that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this I all, all this money is shared between the t- all this money is shared for the two of us. It goes towards it goes towards. The <laughs> well, show. I'll send you the coffee in so, the post. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is all I have, and since Dan doesn't know anything about what we're talking about because I told him not to look, he has no pop culture reference. That's one before. thing one thing during okay, the middle one... of this i
0: decided to google something <laughs> <laughs> apparently they apparently hbo are in the middle of making a documentary about this that is
1: unnamed at the moment um see so yeah i didn't i didn't know about the hbo documentary i know that robert downey jr and his wife just finished doing a podcast they have their own like studio mm-hmm. just finished a podcast called the sunshine place which i got i got some of the material for this from that podcast because they actually talked to people who were in said so if it's robert donnie jr he's got you know all the material from everything he needs at his fingertips he could go get whatever from wherever so it was you know good research yeah, yeah. for
0: that well apparently this this will apparently contain never before seen archival material or chronicles organizations Ooh. high-minded aspirations as well as High by aspirations yeah, So I don't have a clue who the production crew are behind it, or the director. Or yeah. I haven't got a, I don't recognize their names, but I wouldn't be the sort that would recognize their names anyway. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's all I got for that. Then.
1: All right. Well, again, that's all. That's all I got. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you guys next time. We'll see you. Bye bye. Um.